Welcome to Leaders in the Arena. My name is Jenny Whitener, CEO of Bridge Innovate. We are a global network of business strategists, consultants, and designers that team up with you to spark distinctive strategies, courageous leadership, and agile change. This podcast is designed to share valuable insights and lessons from our clients and network to support your growth journey. According to the American Psychological Association, 89% of workers at companies that support well-being initiatives are more likely to recommend their company as a good place to work, and this applies to leadership too. According to McKinsey, over 90% of CEOs are already planning to increase investment in leadership development because they see it as the single most important human capital issue their organizations face. How can leaders assess their sense of self-awareness? How can they improve? What can leaders do in order to measure their self-awareness in the context of leadership? Today, our program on the importance and the power of self-awareness of leaders, we are so excited to have you join us today. If you're joining live, I just invite you to use the chat to introduce yourself and to those that are participating in the organization in today's program. And uh, we'll also be taking some live questions later on if you would like to ask that um, during the program. Today, for our program on the power of self-awareness, we are thrilled to um, have our very special guest with us, Bob Hughes. Bob is a part of the Executive and Residence Program at Bridge Innovate. And in addition to his expertise that he provides to us, in our leadership program. He is also an adjunct professor of executive education at the Kellogg School of Management and has worked to develop several of their prestigious leadership programs. He's also the founder of NL2 Executive Coaching and is committed to helping leaders achieve their maximum potential. Bob, he's retired from the US Army at the rank of Colonel in 2015 almost after almost three decades in various leadership roles. Without further ado, let's give a very warm welcome to Bob Hughes. Bob, thanks for being here today. Hi, Jenny. It's great to be here with you today. And thanks for that very kind and uh, introduction. Well, it's our pleasure to have you. It's not often that we get uh, someone with your background and esteem to be with us and share your perspective on the power of self-awareness with leaders. So why don't we jump right in and talk about that? When you think about the leaders that you've worked with over many years, I mean, I just, you know, as you know, I'm in awe of your career. When you think about all the leaders that you've worked with, talk about this relationship between self-awareness and great leadership. Yeah, I think that's, uh, first of all, I think this is a great topic just in general, self-awareness, and we could go for much more than a half an hour, right? Uh, so there's a lot to it. Uh, but I think the relationship between self-awareness and great leadership, from what I've seen and, you know, as I've looked into the subject, it really is the foundational trait for, you know, for that great leadership. It's really part of the foundation of emotional intelligence. You know, there's four domains of emotional intelligence. Self-awareness is the first, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management. So it really is sort of at the core of, uh, of great leadership. And I think what's important to think when we talk self-awareness is to really understand what the, you know, kind of what the definition is of self-awareness. And it's, you know, it's really not understanding your strengths, 
understanding your your weaknesses but it's those those i think most of us kind of focus on we understand that but it's more than that it gets into understanding your knowing your emotions understanding your tendencies and your behaviors and here's the part i really like and as and we talk about this and the impact on others under understanding all that but understanding the impact that all of those have on others and so that's what i think really it's the foundation as we as i said before it really sets the stage and is a door opener so for so much more uh of people's leadership mm -hmm. yeah i really love the fact that you're calling that component of the impact on others out because i think often in working with leaders, they'll go through an instrument or they'll look at something that gives them a profile and they think they're done, <laughs> but they're really not, right? It's right. that next step that you're talking about that's so critical. It's like understanding who I am and understanding how that has impact on others. And I think just to build a little bit more on that first question is I think that the leaders I've seen, the leaders when I read about different things, uh, and e even myself, is that self-aware leaders are really comfortable spending time with themselves. And when you spend time with yourselves, you're all, you know thinking about you as a person and what your actions are, and maybe how you led today in that meeting, or how you're how you interacted with a senior leader or with a group of people that is building your self-awareness and so they're really comfortable going off however they do it whether it's through a journal or just spending finding quiet time but they're very comfortable spending time with themselves and thinking about themselves mm -hmm. well that's really important because um in today's environment we are all you know short on time right and what I'm hearing you say is that it's not just that they understand the importance of who they are and their attributes, how it impacts others, but they spend time exploring that in whatever way that is, right? It could be a long bicycle ride, right? Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. could be a reflection time over a cup of coffee or what, whatever that is, but they, they're exploring it. They're intentionally thinking through it when you think about that, talk to me, why is it so difficult for leaders to develop self-awareness? What gets in their way? Well, I think, um, I think you touched on one of these, right? The, we're busy, right? Yeah. And we're inundated with everything and we can't be without, you know, our phones and, and email and, and all that. And I, and I think that's, that's one, one reason is just the, you know, the reality of the world and, and really, you know, you have to carve out an ex a disciplined approach to this, right? It has, it doesn't have to be hard to build that self-awareness, but it has to be a disciplined approach. But to, 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 to answer why is it so difficult, a couple of reasons. There's a ton of reasons, but I think that it's very easy to convince ourselves that we're already self-aware, you know? We can rationalize that. Of course, I know myself. Um, and as we talked a little bit at the beginning, we get focused on knowing our strengths and our weaknesses. Those come in assessments. They come in all different forms. Uh, maybe it comes in a performance review. And we get comfortable focusing on, on just those two aspects, but we leave out the other part, the emotions, the tendency, the behaviors, and how do all these impact others? 
And so I think we, we just get comfortable focusing on strengths and weaknesses and not really understanding the rest of this idea of self-awareness. The other reason is, I think, you know, we're focused on our team. You know, we're, as a leader, you're focused on other people and, and, you know, directing and getting us others to follow and go in the right in, a, in the direction that you're trying to get them to go. And I think that and I often use this term, you know, when I talk with the executive audiences that I work with is taking a pause to think about yourself. Right. We're so focused on our team, our organization, our other people that we often tend to forget about ourselves. And uh, that's the other reason why I think it's hard to uh, to do do that. And yet, all that to say, one of the big things from this conversation today is I think you have to be disciplined about it. It doesn't have to be hard. It can just be spending a couple minutes over coffee, thinking about you know some of the things you do, your behaviors, and 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 just spending that time with yourself. But a disciplined approach is one of the things I've seen. A habit, whatever you want to call it. Right. That's pretty interesting. And I got it. What I do have to say, though, and if you don't mind, because this no, is important, no, is, is that, you know, if you've read the book um, or the book out there by Tasha Yurik, I think it's called Insightful, and she's done a lot of work on self-awareness, you know, and what what she finds is that, you know, in her work, only 10 to 15 percent of us are really self-aware. You know, that leaves that leaves a wide, wide gap between you know that to make up the rest of the 100 percent and um, it takes two parts to be self-aware you have to think about yourself and know yourself but you need to have other others perspectives as well but we could we'll get into some more of that in a minute mm -hmm. well i think you know one thing i'd want to know your perspective on on this question around why is it so difficult for leaders to develop self-awareness you mentioned about you know having the habit of taking a pause and really reflecting on your leadership, reflecting on your behaviors. Um, how, one of the things I'd just be interested because of your coaching business, mm -hmm. is that I often find leaders um, are, I don't know if the word is uncomfortable, but they, it's almost like they need a sounding board. They need like, I'm observing this about myself. Okay, I have this data, right? And I just had this interaction and maybe it didn't go the way I thought it would go. And I'm wanting to understand what my behavior and the reaction I got from that behavior, why that happened. It feels like they need somebody to talk to about it. Do you find that? Or is it something that most people can just figure out on their own? Well, I think, I mean, I think there's, I think a coach could certainly help do that. And in some of the coaching I've done, I've, you know, that has come up, uh, you know, I've, I've had a leader and this is just coming top of mind, uh, a leader that said, you know, I, I, I pride myself in, in getting ideas from my team. But recently I got some feedback that said, you know, you know, in the meetings, you're giving us all the solutions, you know, and he, and so that kind of stopped him as, in his tracks because he always felt how he sees himself that he was open to the ideas and he truly was but he had fallen into you know because of whatever reason you know feeling like when when there a problem came up he had to solve it and he had to provide all the, the solutions and so you know that kind of course corrected him and I, and I think what's important here as we talk about this topic feedback is important you have to see yourself and you have to work at that that's one part but you do need the perspectives of others 
because if you're not, you really don't have alignment. And that's where Tasha Yurik's work is is uh, at the heart of her work is seeing yourself, but then having others' uh, perspectives as well. And that and that gets that true self awareness. Mm -hmm. Right. I can see that, and probably not only through a valid instrument of feedback, but just having the opportunity to check in with your team and having more so right. that that frequent, almost casual ability to have a conversation about your feedback. Um, Absolutely. And I, I think that um, feedback is very, very important. That's another, you know, and asking for it and being specific about it. You know, for instance, you know, you could have ask, you know, somebody on your team, you know, I see myself as very approachable, right? Uh, and but I, I'm interested in your perspective of that. Do you feel like you can talk to me and all that? And, and you might get the answer, yes, absolutely. Or you might get the answer, well, most of the time, but most of the time your door's shut, you know? And, you know, that could just be an unintended consequence that you're, that you're doing. So these are the behaviors part that uh, you have to spend some time thinking about. Right, good point. So when you think about building on that, right? What do you have to see? What are the indicators that a leader would start to see when they know that they're leading with a good sense of self-awareness, what types of things would would be observable? Well, I think the first one would be, are, are you, the leader, actually demonstrating or practicing, you know, the, a discipline of self-awareness? Are you really stopping to think about you? Self-reflection, if you will. So I think that's an indicator. If you skip over that part, the other parts, you know, you, you might miss. So the first indicator I would say is, are you stopping and making that time to think about yourself? The second one, I think, is an indicator, and there's there could be a, a a much longer list here. But you know, can you recognize and manage your emotions, right? Can you recognize? So it's not just it's identifying those emotions and in different situations, you know, understanding how you are when you're stressed. What what sort of behaviors come out when you when you're under a lot of stress? Do you tend to give more guidance under stress? Do you tend to give less guidance when you're under stress? Are you more agitated when you're under stress? Starting to know these emotions helps you manage them. You know, um, one of the one you know for whatever reason in my personal background under stress. Um, and I saw this in many performance reviews or feedback was that it said calm under pressure. And, and, and so I had to think about that a little bit. And generally I was calm under pressure. Now that doesn't mean inside that I'm not, not having a little bit of anxiety, but understanding that if I showed while I'm under stress, you know, too much urgency or some some other kind of emotion that I didn't want to intend, it's going to have a, 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 you know, could have a disabling effect on the rest of the team. It could impact others in a, in a way I don't want them to. And so I think the second part is to recognize your emotions, your management, your, your tendencies, different behaviors that come out in different situations. And then I think the third one, the third indicator that you're leading with feedback, uh, leading with self-awareness is that you're asking for and very, very open to feedback, whether that is uh, on target or not. Feedback is one of those things that sometimes it's on target, sometimes it's not. 
but being open to it. But from a leadership perspective, being absolutely comfortable and authentic in asking for feedback, because that helps you align how you see yourself and how others see you. So those are three ways I think that are indicators. Mm -hmm. Really great. And I love the, the fact that you're, you're asking the, for that feedback on a frequent basis. And then it, you might have hopefully the mindset of being confident humility. I learned that from reading some of yeah. Adam Grant's work, like, can you really soak it in? So you're getting this feedback, but can you be confident enough and humble enough to really deeply listen uh, to what that person's saying and then and reflect on well how might my behavior need to change even further or what actions may this uh, mean that I need to do differently kind of thing you know you know and I, just on that you know on self-awareness and alignment uh, I can um, I can remember mid-career um, you know I always saw myself as having a fairly balanced you know I balanced work life you know balance uh, and uh, I started seeing feedback, especially on a 360 review that said, doesn't take time off. And it came in, in different ways. And, uh, you know, that I saw myself one way. I thought I was, but there was others that were seeing it very differently. And that, you know, that improved my self-awareness. Because uh, if I said family is very important and I'm at work all the time, am I really practicing what I, you know, how I see myself and what I preach? Right. Talk a little bit about the the impact of when leaders um, are self-aware. I mean, a lot of times, you know, people would say, does there really a business impact here? Or does it really have anything to do with profitability, customer retention, you know, the typical business indicators? Um, how do you draw that correlation between impact, whether it's on a personal basis or on a business basis, to self-aware? Uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, impact as a, uh, as a leader, uh, first of all, I think if you know yourself, you automatically, you, you know, you already setting yourself up to be more confident in different situations, right? If you really understand your strengths, weaknesses, emotions, tendencies, and behaviors and how they impact others, you can lead with more confidence. And I think that, you know, confidence, authenticity, it's really the real you that's showing up. Are you comfortable saying, hey, I don't have the answer to this, but we have the expertise in the room? right? That's knowing yourself, not having to have all the answers. So confidence, I think it helps trust. You know, it helps build trust with your team. And I think it helps build trust with your peers, your, you know, your bosses, your direct reports, whoever, other people. And I think it gives you the really ability to know what, you know, what strengths to, to pull on in different situations or where you need to ask, you know, to ask for help. I think it sets up the stage for relationships, which are important in your organization and with other stakeholders. And so how does all that matter to the business? Well, I think it matters in the fact that if you're an effective leader, you're already contributing to the outcomes of the of the business. Can I work across the silos in my in this organization? Do I have good relationships in order to get things done? Is my influence beyond my team? Uh, or is it, you know, I, if I didn't have that, would I be as effective? So I think it helps achieve the results, the outcomes, whatever for the business by making you and helping you be a much more effective leader. Right. I mean, you know, sometimes when I when I hear you talk through those 
outcomes and that impact that you just described when you talk about confidence and authenticity, trust, relationships. You know, on the other side, what I hear executives talk about is we need to move faster. We need to have speed. Well, we know from the literature, from the research, trust is critical for speed, right? You know, relationships is critical for speed. Then you have people talk about on the business side, we need to change faster. Well, what's needed for that? <laughs> you know? We have to have somebody that's confident enough to express a vision. We have to have a leader that is self-aware enough to be, you know, build relationships across and help people to get from where they are today to where they're going. So I think even on the creative side, on the innovation side, I think people who are leaders who are self-aware and can bring in the strength of others, knowing that that may not be their strength, but they need to bring in someone who has a perspective on something or who has a background in a particular arena or sees things differently. And they're confident enough right. to not be threatened by someone who brings in different ideas than they do. Then the, you know, so the outcome of that is higher degrees of innovation and creativity in the marketplace. So I love the fact that these foundations that you talked about being you know, confident, um, authentic, trustful, and the relationship side feeds all those types of business outcomes. And I, and I like the example you talk about speed, new change, we got to move faster, right? You know, well, imagine if you weren't self-aware and you came back from the meeting and they said, hey, and you and the message you had to say is we've got to move faster here. And you demonstrate that to your team, it comes across like that they get all stirred up, but you may not have communicated correctly what, how we're going to do it versus being managing those motions and say, yes, we're going to move fast. Here's what we're going to do. I need some help here, but creating a sense of calm with your team and getting things done versus what is that impact on others? If I come rushing in out of breath, we've got to get this done, drop everything. You know, <laughs> these are the kind of situations that comes up. Right. Tell me, you know, when you're working with leaders, how do you help them or improve their self-awareness? You know, what's what's important for them? We we talked about, you know, what it is. We've talked about the impact of being self-aware as a leader. How do you how do you move the needle on this? How do you improve? Well, I think I think the, you know, the first thing is again, it's it's finding the time that I like to say discipline, right? Uh, because if it's a disciplined approach, then you're doing it routinely, whether it's once a week, every two weeks, once a month, whatever, there needs to be some frequency where you ask yourself some open-ended questions and you don't always have to answer the why, okay? So the why can lead you down some other paths that you don't want to go, but, you know, what was it that sparked my reaction in that meeting? What was it that made me, you know, feel angry or excited, right? And it's not always bad. What made, what was it? And you can start to really get a handle on your emotions. So asking yourself some, some questions, you know, how did that meeting go? How was that, how was that interaction? What did I like? What wasn't, you know, how did I feel in that moment? Those are ways. And I'm not the most, I'm not, you know, super, um, you know, touchy-feely, if you will, on this thing, but asking yourself those questions are, uh, are, is one way to do that. And what situation, you know, think about the situations that you've been in when you've been under stress. 
how did I act under that situation? What did I like about how I acted? What can I improve in the future? And then, you know, I think one of the biggest things that helps you improve is there's no one right answer in order to find the right approach to this. If it's sitting by yourself with coffee, fine, or tea or whatever. If it's journaling, that's fine. Uh, if it's just walking or exercise, those are all ways. I mean, I used to, when I would commute back and forth to the Pentagon on one of the DC uh, Metro trains, that was a perfect end of day reflection. How did I do today? What was I trying to do? How did that interaction go? What could I have done better? As simple as that. Just thinking about it is one way. The other way I think that's really important here, and I've mentioned it a couple of times, is to take a sheet of paper. and I, I just call it the self and others exercise. Okay. How do you see yourself? Write it down. Write a couple phrases down. Write a couple phrases. How do you see yourself? And this can come from assessments too, self-assessments that you've done. How do you see yourself? Am I approachable? Am I reliable? Am I, you know, all these different things? Am I uh, results oriented? Whatever it is that you see yourself from a leadership perspective, uh, write them down. And then we have, you, you probably, you know, many leaders already have taken 360s and other assessments and peer results. Well, then go look at that data and see what others said for you and get that other perspective and see where they align. And what you'll get out of that is a list of things to either ask for feedback about specifically, explore, right? Maybe I need to explore this idea of doesn't take enough time off, like using my example. Uh, but that starts the basis for alignment because if, if, you, if you see yourself just one way uh, without that other perspective from others, uh, you're not going to be aligned and you won't be truly aware. So those are, those are uh, two ways. And you can tell that I'm big on the feedback part because I think from a leadership perspective, we get so focused on providing feedback to others that we forget to ask for ourselves. Uh, and, you know, we need it just as much uh, as we go. So. Well, one of the most interesting uh, feedback sessions that we've recently facilitated at Bridge was with a senior executive team of a large, you know, manufacturing company. I think there were about five billion in revenue. And the CEO wanted to have this level of authentic discussion among how they behave with each other. Yeah. So I think oftentimes when we think about self-awareness, many times we're thinking about ourselves as managers or as leaders with subordinates. But there's also this part, especially at the senior executive level, of how you're interacting with your peers. Are you creating bottlenecks? Are you creating, you know, political stalls? Whatever is going on, are you running effectively as an across sectional leadership team? So, it has many applications. Right. Would you agree? I agree. I agree. Good. Well, I just wanted to uh, thank you so much for being here today. I was just going to ask, we have some folks live with us today. If you have any questions for Bob today, you'd like to pose um, as you're listening in, go ahead and put those in the chat now. We'll be happy to, to share those um, as we begin to wrap up today's program. Bob, I know that a little bit, um, I think next week, you're going to be leading a discussion on a famous piece of leadership literature called Leadership and Self-Deception by the Arbinger Institute. Um, what do you think about self-awareness, the study of self-awareness in that particular piece of literature? Any plug you put in there? I think self-awareness uh, is actually embedded deeply in that discussion of self-deception, right? And how do we, 
how do we see ourselves and how do we see others is definitely part of, of the book, uh, that leadership and self-deception. Uh, and so again, you know, the more self-aware you are, the better. Uh, right. So it's a very interesting title because I think many people, if you're going through the, the business section or the leadership section of the bookstore, would you pull it down and read it? You know, leadership and self-deception, is that something like, Oh, I would never be. I would never be deceptive, you know, of course I wouldn't do that. But when you read the book and you understand it, it's so easy to fall in that trap to not be, I guess, um, really humble about your reflection when you're talking about spend the time to be self-aware and the importance of, of looking um, objectively right. and your your intentions behind some of the, your behaviors, that kind of thing. And I think the other you know, connection to that book is the, you know, the impact on others, right? Part of self-awareness, right? How do we see other people? How are our, how are, do our actions impact uh, the others that we lead, work with, or, 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 you know, interact on a daily basis? Right. We have a comment that came in from one of our participants today. She was saying, I think I'm self-aware and reflective person. But as a woman, when a woman does it, she gets punished for it. How would an aspiring woman leader deal with that? So I think um, she's, at least from reading her comment, you might be able to see it here as well. Um, it sounds like she's saying, I think I'm self-aware and reflective as a person, but as a woman, when you do that, do you get punished for being aspiring, like to want to grow more and do more? So what's your perspectives there? Um, well, you know, I think that's a question that would, you know, would take a little bit more discussion probably than we have time for. Uh, and I, and I, you know, what I don't like in that that's in uh, the, the comment is that it's um, that there's that's the the person feels that there's some punishment involved with it. I mean, self self awareness is part individual. Uh, and as I've said, it requires, you know, getting some feedback from others. And it, I hope that's not where the, the, the punishment is coming from. In terms of aspiration, I would say it's, you know, from a from a, somebody that's been a leader and had aspirations, it's okay to have aspirations and, and you should, and you should continue to do that. Um, and I think that, you know, I, I'd have to know more about where the, from a coach's perspective, wow. where, where that where that friction is occurring and where you see that as being punished, you know, to answer that more in depth. I, I wish I could more, but, but I don't, first of all, don't take away the, uh, you know, aspiration is, is good and you should have it. Self-awareness is good and it can support your aspiration. Um, and so, um, you know, that's kind of my comment on that. Right. I would agree with you. I think we, there are so many challenges that our world faces today we need leaders who are aspiring to do more, be more, yeah. solve more. Um, yeah. So continue. I would encourage you. Yes. Don't give up. I see the don't comment. Give don't yeah. give up. Don't, don't give, give up. up. Try different approaches. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as we wrap up today's program, Bob, thank you so much for being here. We always ask all of our guests this one final question as we wrap up. As a leader in the arena, what is one piece of advice that you would share with our listeners today? Uh, I, I would say, first of all, first part of this, don't be afraid to step up. We need leaders to step up. We need good leaders 
and from good leaders, we get great leaders, great leaders. And right now, really good and great leaders are in high demand. And so step up and don't be afraid to fail from that, right? You're going to have setbacks. I had setbacks. Everybody does. But the second part of this is be a lifelong student of leadership, okay? Leadership is not a subject that you, that, you know, you take a couple classes and get it figured out. You have to have experience. You have to get into that arena, as you say. So don't ever think that you have it all figured out. Those are the leaders that get derailed. Those are the leaders that stop growing. So keep striving to be the best leader, best leader that you can. I mean, I'm still learning. I'm still practicing different things. But be a lifelong uh, leader, a student of leadership and always try to get better. Because no matter the situation, you can always get better. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, if, can people, if they wanted to be in touch with you, can they find you on LinkedIn? They can find me on LinkedIn, or if you go, if you look up uh, NL2 Executive Coaching, you can find me there. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's uh, Robert Hughes on that, and you can find me there. Great. Thanks so much, Bob. Very inspiring, and we look forward to seeing you here next week to talk some more about leadership. All right, Jenny. Thank you. Take care. Bye.